You're listening to the Ecological Podcast, all about our positive partnerships with horses and other animals through work and play. Your hosts are Rebecca Bayliss from Little Green Stables and Kate Blackmore from Ecological Positive Partnerships. Today's podcast is all about body targeting. So we've had a couple of people um, message us about our last podcast and about because we were talking about bridling and tack and using ear targeting to help with putting the bridle on so we thought it would be a really good idea to do a podcast about body targeting because we have been doing ear targeting but we've also been targeting other parts of the body (laughs) and then he got that all (laughs) jobbity jobbity and so Kate is gonna go through all the theory side of it and I'll add in all the bits that I messed up (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so um, body targeting is so useful and it's so much fun as well. We've just been come out for session with Ram and we are teaching him to back target at the moment, um, which we'll talk a bit more about later. But we have, I've just taken a video of you doing it. So I think we'll post that one up on our yeah, sites on um, when this podcast yes, comes out so you yes. can see it like we did last time. Yeah. Um, so there's... The thing with body targeting is you can transpose it to so many things. So first of all, we're going to look at like why we would want to um, body target, what what we can use it for, but also any prerequisites for certain body parts um, and what you can body part, what you can body target. target. I know, it's tricky. <laughs> and um, the process and the benefits. Okay? Yes, yeah. So um, to start off with, some of the reasons... Um, why you want to teach this behaviour and what it can help you with is is, dif- is different things. So number one, really important, medical procedures, really fantastic. Mm. So nostrils, really important, targeting the nostrils. You can use that for if you've got COPD issues, need to use inhalers or anything. Mm-hmm. Obviously for worming and any oral medication, for injections, for um, eye drops. Yeah, eye I've drops. Yeah, and I saw someone on facebook put recently that thank goodness they've been targeting the eyes because now they need to do eye drops so that's um and and also the eyes it's it's a really well it's just anybody who comes up close to your eye you automatically sort of squint and blink don't you and i think that especially with horses who've been taught to eye target you you're running you you are Reducing the risk of them throwing their head up, reducing yeah. the risk of you wasting your pot of eye drops. You know, there's all sorts. And and giving them a positive association with it too, rather than having to restrain, which I have seen that done and it's not pretty. Absolutely. And with a lot of these medications, it's not a one-time thing. You have mm. to do it regularly. And so if the first time you do it and, the he- and it's an awful experience for the horse and it throws its head up and it's all stressful, the next time you even come near it with those eye drops, it's mm. going to be straight in the next direction. It's just going to get harder and harder and harder so being prepared for this stuff i think it should be um you know set out in any kind of training like this is a fundamental part of owning a horse is preparing them for for any eventuality that you know especially medical procedures it's actually a really good point because i don't think it's in the bhs syllabus but it probably should be yes so they don't there um there was some a series of videos on um done on targeting for medical procedures but some of them maybe 
are a little bit aversive and um, they don't specifically use positive reinforcement techniques. Um, Mm. And so we like to do everything at liberty and um, not really use that much pressure release if we don't need to. So, um, you know, for us, we're purely going to talk about doing it through positive reinforcement. And actually was how I met my vet. Do you remember I was telling the story that... um, I'd not been getting on with the the conquest vet at that time. We we didn't quite see eye to eye on a lot of things, and everything was very stressful. And I used to dread coming. Um, and then I met this other vet, and she was when I asked her, I had to give biscuit. She had to give biscuit an injection, and I asked her, you know, I need to target him, and da, da, and she didn't blink an eye mm. and pass no judgment, and actually thought it was amazing. And that was kind of like, okay, yeah, you're the vet. I know our vets are different to yours that we use they're really good too and we've talked about Maisie a couple of times who's a colleague of ours who's um, a a therapist as well as a behaviorist and she actually has vet sessions so she trains our vets my vets and her vets are the same they come out for an hour like once a month or whatever or an afternoon and spend the afternoon with her horses who are all positive reinforcement trained and amazing at it um and they spend the afternoon learning the techniques with Maisie, which I think is such a fab idea and a CPD. really great yes CPD yeah. really great thing to do. So because I think again it's a bit like the whole barefoot um, movement. These things are growing. It's growing reward based training, clicker training, connection mm. training. It's a growing field, and I think the vets need to be on board with it, even if they're not necessarily completely one hundred percent agree. They need to work with the owners that are using these measures to help you know yeah absolutely and also take into consideration depending on what is wrong with your horse and the reason why you're having to medicate it if it's having to have a change to its management routine or anything like that it's already gonna be working on a certain level of stress yeah you know um so then if you then go and do something stressful to you're adding to that stress Mm. and that stress if they don't have a way to dissipate it, it's going to build and build and build each time. And you could potentially find yourself in quite a dangerous situation with your horse by the fourth time you've had to put those eye dra- drops in or something. Yeah. You know, and your horse just kind of go, no, that's it. I can't, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. So it's also a really good way of, of being safe and de-escalating that behavior isn't it Mm. you know i'm i'm gonna mention this because i was so chuffed with him today so and this is it's kind of body targeting but in a different way but we must never underestimate how clever our horses are and i know we talk about that all the time and our listeners probably agree although i think well i think i think one of them has kicked the wheelbarrow over because of course we're filming in the yard again but um this morning my trimmer came now um rum has been trimmed consistently since he's arrived using positive reinforcement every six weeks in fact in the beginning it was more than that because clive my trimmer who is amazing would come just to look at his foot pick it up put it back down again he'd literally do it once a week drive past pop in spend 10 minutes then go again Uh, you know he was so good so but today so clive comes into the yard the other four are all tied up with a hay neck and Rum is standing in the middle of the yard with his head collar on and his lead rope over him, but I'm not holding him. Clive walks up to his left four and he just lifts it up. Rum just lifts it up. Yeah. 
without Clive touching it. So Clive didn't need to touch it. He just looked at his left foot and Rum picked it up. <laughs> now, Clive didn't actually have any of his tools in his hand at the time. So kind of was like, well, I'm not ready yet, buddy. But the point was that Rum has made that association. This man comes regularly. Yeah. And when he comes, he does my feet. Yeah. And I need to pick my feet up. And when I pick my feet up, I get a reward, you know? Yeah. And I just thought, I was like, he's so clever. And I kept saying to Clive, he's so clever. He's so clever. Clive's like, <laughs> yeah, but you've trained him, haven't you, to think of it positively. I was like, all right, okay, okay, whatever. But anyway, <laughs> it, it kind of like it was body targeting with, through just association, Yeah. you know, which, um, which I thought was really cool. That's really cool. Yeah, and also, you know, another reason why this is good is for the farrier preparation mm. and also for holding the feet up and placing them on the um what you call it the, name? the stand the stand <laughs> i'm sure that's a proper farrier name for yeah it, but probably. you know what i mean yeah and um, so you can actually train that as well for them to hold it onto the yeah. stand as well which is really awesome and then they see the stand they just put their foot on it yes and yeah. i've seen horses do that so that's really awesome um so also um, things like worming, cleaning ears, mountain block training, um, shoulder in yeah, as well, uh, pedestal, steps. So we'll talk about that a bit later with what I've done with some of the horses at Conquest, uh, Spanish walk, stuff like that, loads of stuff. Like mm. body targeting comes into so much of this stuff. Yeah. Um, when we're talking about body targeting, it's important to note that, you know, a lot of the upper body we're using our hands. You don't have to use your hands to ask them to target to. You can ask them to target with to a to an object as well. So with the things like Spanish walk and with the feet, you can use mats. Oh, um, I see. Long um, pool noodles, yeah. stuff like that. So you've not yeah. got your hand, obviously, when it, comes, woggles, when it comes yeah. to the feet, you know. Um, and also, it really starts them, when you're doing it with the feet, it really gets them starting to understand about um, where their feet are and where they're going. Okay. Yes, yeah, so yeah. you can almost teach them a step. To yes. step with one leg, like step left leg forward, step right leg forwards, and um, through... Uh, the targeting and that's what we did at conquest a bit like with rum um so you can just look at like the left four and say step and then they'll step that front forward or back or wherever you want mm. it so it's really cool mm. for that as well so loads and loads of stuff that we can um that we can do when it comes to the head you can target ear eye jaw chin forehead and then you can do shoulder, knee, hip, hock, anything you want, mm. any part of the body. Um, and then, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about preparing for sheath cleaning as well. Yes. A bit of willy targeting. Really, really important. <laughs> it's perfect, but it's funny as well. Willy. <laughs> Willy's on a Friday. <laughs> okay, so let's talk a little bit um, about the benefits of it before we get into the details. Yes, of how the you benefits do it. and then the how you do it, really. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, obviously, one of the major benefits is it's, it's like the, the foundation behaviour that you can teach and, and then transpose it to different behaviours, okay, mm -hmm. which we just talked about, like mountain block and stuff like that. Um, it's an easy, like an, an achievable task for them, you know, it's quite, um, we'll talk about the prerequisites, but it, it's something that they seem to get the hang of, yes. depending, and certain body parts yeah. they will prefer to get, to use than others. Um, and it's really adaptable. It helps them with body awareness. Um, 
I also think, like, from a physio point of view, mm. you could use it for that, Becky. Yeah, you could. It's also really um, important to be able to... I mean, it's slightly different, the body targeting, but it's important to be able to touch your horse all over. And I think that yeah, that's... that's, a, pre- that's yeah. a prerequisite. So, it, you know, there are some people who oh, I can't touch his ears or I can't get anywhere near his bottom or yeah. I can't lift his hind left, you know, and it's like, well, actually, kind of maybe need to, you yeah. know? Yeah, and yeah, why? Yeah, exactly. Why yeah. can't you? So from, from that sense, a physio sense, it's really, really important. Um, also, if they are targeting body parts and they have issues with a certain body part, then that could make it really easy for you as well. Yeah, you can counter condition yeah. those body parts and, and make it a little bit easier for them. Um, also, I like it because they can decide on the, the like the scale of the touch. Yes. Yeah. So we're not saying you have to completely move into my hand and have that pressure on because they might mm. not be comfortable with that. So they can kind of decide how comfortable they are with that yeah. and then you can build from there. And I think you need to be, in the beginning as well, quite careful on the areas that you choose to target and the type of horse you've got that day to target because I know we started with the shoulder, didn't we, um, with rum yes. and we were going to do the hip but the day we tried to do the hip was quite a windy, wild day. He does the hip now, by the way, but in the beginning, yeah. it was a quite wild, windy day and we decided we'd target hip and boy, did we get a hip. <laughs> we got <laughs> we, a hip swinging We got a swang. So that is good. So this is a good starting point of let's talk about those behaviours. Let's talk about shoulder and hip first, mm. okay? Because um, they are ones that you have to be a little bit careful with. So we didn't start off by teaching for them to put the pressure into the touch with the target we asked them to move away from it yes. didn't we because you want to make sure if you're going to teach hip targeting that you first taught hip away <laughs> yeah yeah to um to move over um so we taught rum to yield the hindquarters mm. first so that we had that measure to be able to um get him to understand that before you're starting suddenly for, for a horse's hips because that can be quite a lot. So um, with Rum, what we did is we, we taught, um, okay, can you, can you yield your hindquarters? And then the way that we taught the quarters to come towards us is you very, we very gently started off by just placing a hand very gently on his hind mm. and just... Um, saying what? What was the cue for that one? Now I can't. For hip. Yeah. Oh, just hip, just hip. hip. Yeah, that was. Yeah. It. <laughs> uh, place on. Say hip. Click and reward. Yeah. So we're just. And it literally is. I mean, it's winter time, so they're fur. They're, he's quite furry bear. It literally is your fingertips touching the end of yeah, his fur. Exactly. It's That's the, pre- the There is no pressure. It's literally yeah. teeny weeny. Yeah. So you do that a couple of times. And then you, a couple of times, like I say, we probably did that about five or six times. Yeah, and you're clicking and rewarding. Hit, click, reward. Hit, click, reward. Keep it really consistent. And then just like a millimetre, holding your hand, like just a millimetre away from that. Yeah. And then you should find 
that they move in yes. slightly to yeah. it. Now, it's really important, not only because that if you suddenly go quite far away, they're not going to get it, it's too much, mm-hmm. but also that will help you control the amount of swing that you're getting yes. because yeah. you don't want them swinging straight around. You want to be able to control it. And then basically, you carry on with that. Once you you feel that you know your horse is quite happy with that behaviour, getting it consistently, then you're moving it a little bit further away, a little bit further away, and then you move on to like doing that in different places, generalising it to different areas, holding your hand and making it really fun. So that is the hip, exactly the same for the shoulder. You're just going to mm-hmm. place your hand on and then move it further away. Um, Let's talk about um, the face targeting because that's, you know, one of your favourite things. Now, the ear for rum and eye were the two that he wasn't too sure about. Now, the prerequisite with any of these behaviours is that you can touch those at any time. You can groom them. They're okay with Mm. that. You must make sure that's okay first before you start any of this. So... Why don't you talk about the process of, of how Rum was with the eye and, and, and how you considered his feelings towards, you know, eye and ear when he was a little bit unsure, like the nose he was fine with, face he was fine with, but eyes, eye, like you said. Eyes eye. and ears. And also he came with a bridle path clipped into his... Um, main and forelock so i don't know how that would have been done because he was basically untouched so probably not very nicely (laughs) so the the ears to begin with were very much a no-go and he's built up a lot of trust and loves his ears being scratched now doesn't he and 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 um and yeah well just scratched really loves them being scratched um so the ear to begin with i would just stand next to him with him standing so teach him the stand walk to him and hold my head hold my hand near the ear and as soon as that ear moves slightly towards my hand now of mm. course because they they he realizes that something's there so he moves his ear back to listen mm. i clicked and you captured and it. captured it. And that's how we built it. So that's how I built the ear. So now I hold my hand. I can hold my hand quite far away. Yeah. And he will lean his ear onto my hand. Yeah. The eye we did similar. We started quite some distance away. Um, so, so different from the hip and the shoulder where you're on that real end of fur to fingertip touch. With the eye, I started probably maybe 10 centimetres away from his eye. And you had like a... You, your I hand cupped, cupped my hand, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So with the ear, my hand is straight, but with the eye, my hand is cupped. And if you watch the video, you can see that. And literally, it'll be about 10 centimetres away and hold it by his eye. Click reward straight away. As soon as he as, makes any effort to yeah, put his eye yeah. towards your or, hand. Or just standing there to begin with. And then, yeah. and then I'd slowly move my hand closer nine centimeters click straight away you know and now i hold my hand and he moves his eye to my hand yeah so we built it that way and actually what we have done is built a repertoire which we we've well we do we do but we have to i have to mix it up because again this is where the human can come and the you could, the human mistakes can come in, and the horse then learns what the pattern. So I was doing ear, eye, cheek, nose, mouth, face. Yeah, you know this pattern. Yeah, and so he would learn that, and he'd just go, yeah, I know, ear, eye, cheek, nose, face. You know, mouth, face. You know, he he got the pattern so quick. Yeah. So then once you but but that helped almost to 
concretely behavior then once I've got that then I started mixing it up yeah absolutely so that's one way around it the other way around is that you do each individual one and just stick until you feel you've got that one and then then move on to the next one every horse is different so yeah and 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 some will find like you say some will find the eye and the ear fine and the nose a bit tricky or the face a bit tricky you know the face is one of my favorites because I hold my hand up and rum has got to walk towards me and put his hand his hand, his head, his head in my hand, on my hand, basically. Yeah. And it's, yeah. a, it's a lovely, it is a lovely behaviour. But, um, you know, that might be quite a lot for some horses. They might be a bit, that might be too much for them. Yeah, and actually, um, you can see a, sometimes, you know, pick up on the calming signals. Yeah. Like, really listen to those so that you're working within that threshold of your horse where they're comfortable. So if they turn their head away... Um, you know, that is a calming signal to them. So back off a little bit mm. and then work within their zone of comfort mm. rather than what we've got fixated in our head. Um, okay, let's talk about back targeting because that's okay. something that we've been working on today. And it is. it's been really interesting because we had to change the environment slightly to, to really get the behaviour down. Because we have taught face, um, hip and shoulder, when Becky first started introducing the back target, it started in exactly the same way. So we're looking for that kind of saddle area because this is the behavior that we will transpose to the mountain block. Um, so uh, Becky would very gently touch, click, reward, touch, click, reward. Back is the cue, touch, click, reward. So then she would hover her hand and he would shift his weight, which I've also got a video of, which is just amazing holding it Becky would hide it hold it ever so slightly like to the side so he'd shift his weight to so, feel to that feel the, yeah yeah which was really really awesome um but what I wanted then was him Becky to be able to go away and him to walk forward into that touch so that when for example you're on a mountain block and you call him over he's walking into that there's a forward motion mm. because he's used to doing side to side with his body targeting because it's very much we ask shoulder over and for the hip over there mm. wasn't ne- there's not necessarily like a forward going momentum so i started by just asking him to just hold his i held my hand just a little bit in front of that area but what i was getting was him backing up mm. i'd say back and either he was listening to the back or he didn't quite understand so what we needed to do was change the environment slightly to encourage that walk forward and then capture that. Yes. So yeah. we put a cone in front of him. I'd ask him to stand and then I would walk uh, on a pace or two in front of him, hold my hand out, say back. And then as he, as his body hit the right position, I would touch, uh, say back touch and click and reinforce and I tried to do that before he got to the cone because he's naturally going to go towards the cone because he's learned the cone Mm. and so we did that and then he started to pick that up super super quickly he picked that up much quicker than me (laughs) yeah I was a a little bit behind (laughs) on that one and actually I 
I just lost the plot there a little bit. You had to keep doing it. And he was, no, I need you to walk on and stay back. And then his back comes to your hand. And I was like, oh my, this is too much for me. It's a Friday. We normally train on a Monday. I I can't cope with this. It's been a long week. I've had a lot of clients. Oh no. But I did laugh at you a lot. That was. Yeah, I was pants really. (laughs) Sometimes, again, it's like sometimes it's so interesting. I, I go and see a horse every month who was very badly traumatised and um, he's, he, he, bless him, he's a bag of nerves. But he's getting better, but it's two steps forward, one step back. And the owner, she's lovely, she's young, young, very, very positive girl and she's got a little um, uh, two-year-old, two-and-a-half-year-old cob and she loves watching Rum's videos. And she's like, how do you do it? How do you do it? And so I said to her, well, I'll bring up my bag and my, my stick and, I'll, you know, my, my feather duster thing, my target, and show you. So I did a, a couple of minutes with Belle, this beautiful cob, getting her to just stand with her head to herself, click yeah. and reward. And then I said to Emily, now you have a go. And Emily was like, oh, my God, I can't target click and feed. <laughs> and I'm like, I remember those days yeah. so well. And it's so interesting how now that is very fluid for me. But a new behaviour sometimes just stumps me as much as well, rum. But also, it could be my explanation of it. It could be my fault. Because, <laughs> I don't know, whenever I'm working with horses, that as a trainer, I, when they don't get it, I'm always like, what have I done wrong? What have I done wrong? Yeah, and maybe that's a good thing. when you don't quite, a bit like the spin, my explanations, I know exactly what we're going for in my head. But maybe I need to work on the way that I explain it and not just laugh at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one will ever get me to work with them, will they? They'll be Becky like, I'm not hiring her, she'll just laugh at me. <laughs> no, I think laughing's good. But it's funny because it's so many times you'll, t- you'll say, well, this is what we're going to try today. And I go, okay, you do it first. Because I'm like, if I can see, I'm, I'm kinesthetic. So I think if yeah. I can see it and and then... Sometimes you've even put my body in certain positions. I've gone, no, stand here, do this. And I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> but, but what was really interesting was that, yeah, it took a couple of repetitions for Rum to really pick that up because he's so used to body targeting everywhere else yeah. that it was so easy for him to pick that up. And now I just need to work on my correctness because yeah. if I ask in slightly the wrong way, I'll get something different. Yeah. But, but you know, it's a, it's a learning process. <laughs> One of the other things I was going to um, say, which is really important, which is, and it's, this is interesting with the body targeting. So with the face targeting at the moment, we, we, Rum can do it on both sides, but we, I started training it on the right side. And I had no reason to do that other than that's the side I, I I were on I was on but yeah that was a bit Somerset that was the only side I was on podcast in a Somerset accent (laughs) oh my goodness um but actually I'm really pleased because we do so much on the left with our horses I kind of have introduced a whole new series of a repertoire on the right yeah so and we can do it on the left but it's really important to transfer it so yes so don't just because they can target the right ear don't think they can target the left absolutely you start the process again you yeah. probably get, achieve it a lot faster yeah absolutely. yeah much faster. faster but that's a really really good point but i think it's quite good to teach something on the right side you know if you yeah. think about it something new because we're always working on the left aren't we yeah. like we've said before about the back and you know mounting and i'm like well i i want to be able to be able to mount from both sides I want him to be able to line up on the mountain block from both sides because you never know when you're in the woods 
where the gate is or where the log is or whatever. And you need to be able to do that. But also from a physio point of view where you're putting that, you know, we always use a height to to get onto our horses. I don't like, I couldn't mount from the ground anyway. <laughs> ridiculous. I can flam, but I, I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be able to run. I certainly can't Archie. But it's not great for their backs either. So, but also another thing when I see horses that are a bit girthy on the left side, if they're also free, but they're still girthy on the left side, I say, well, you mount from the right. And the amount of people that were like, I can't mount from the right. It's yeah. like, well, you're going to have to yeah. because yeah. I want you to mix it up. And especially if you've got horses with learnt behaviour, <clears throat> you need to mix it up. You need to Absolutely. let them realise it's not always it, on the left. And it's about creating that resilience in them as well because if mm. you're not there and suddenly somebody goes, well, I know he can do this but, and did it on the other side, you know, it could blow his mind completely. Yeah, so building yeah. that is really important. Yeah as well um so yeah so good point start, start everything on one side get the behavior down then do it on the other side when you're picking a body part to start with choose something that you know is probably going to be the easiest part for your yes. horse to be able to choose something with. they like where an area they like yeah. like don't go for the ear if they ear shy yeah or the eye i mean yeah. i would say the ear now i mean you probably your best bet is the nose type because you know they're going to do that you yes. hold your hands out, you know, and yeah. ask for nose. That's yeah. something that they will naturally do anyway. So that mm. can be a good starting point. Um, as always, stimulus control is really important mm-hmm. because you do not want a horse that is constantly shoving its back end at you and swinging around, um, you know, here, there and everywhere, which Rum did when we very, very first did it. He, he did it did. a little bit. But we managed to stop that quite we, quickly. Yeah, we got, we, we did we that. did, and I think we were very wary of it. I think yeah, of it being a potential problem. Yes, it is. I think teaching that away is really important. But I also think if you if you're going in with your hand on the fur on the tip of the fur and you're just asking for that very slight pressure to start with that will help reduce the risk of you getting that swing yeah because you're you're rewarding that slight movement yeah aren't you so they'll get the area but they also get the feel true and also you can use your higher value rewards for softness yes to really encourage that there's a reason you're a trainer isn't don't ask me to sum up with five top tips though because that's what stresses okay. me out. Okay? All right. Just, everybody okay. has to just take notes of the top tips as we go along. <laughs> so like, too much pressure. Um, so let's talk about the uh, the step that I was I was saying about yeah. getting, looking at. So I did this, and um, the first horse I did this with was Biscuit. I mean, he's got massive, he was Clydesdale, so, you know, massive feet and stuff. We had problems at the mountain block. I taught him to line himself up at the mountain block. But sometimes, because of the client, because we are a therapy centre, so we would have people hoisted on or whatever, they had to be in slightly different places. The hoist would sit slightly further back at the mountain block than if someone was just getting on normally. So I used to have to ask him to step forward or step back Mm. or step over. um, From side to side. From side to side to get closer into the mountain block if I needed okay, him yeah. so the body targeting was really good for that because you can do your shoulder and your hip for that mm-hmm. to getting them closer but also um so with the step how I did it was um I put a pole in between me and him so he would be standing right beside with the pole in front of him yeah. and I would look at his foot and I would have the target 
I would, it was a pool noodle target. And then I would ask him to, to target that. Um, and so I'd look at the foot, target it, and then he'd step it, but he'd have to step over the pole. So, so it was he'd, a target, step. he'd target the noodle with his nose or with his no, foot? No, with his foot, sorry. Okay. Yeah. So first of all, I started off the same way. Now, I don't know if this is the way you're supposed to do it at all. I have no idea, but this is the way we did it, and it's been quite successful. Mm. Um, so, um, and a lot of this training, I will say, you know, it is very intuitive, and you have to get creative. And, mm. you know, you can do, you can teach one behavior in, in so many different ways, and, you know, um, so this is a lot of the stuff that we say is is just how we've done it and how we've done it with horses in the past and what's worked. But it's not coming from one book or something that mm. is the way to click a train. Um, because I don't think that that is... Well, there's right not a horse yeah, that fits horse. in a book. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't work. for, And that's partly why we did this podcast, isn't it? Because, you know, the book would say one thing and then you're like but no my horse doesn't do it like yeah that, you know? my horse doesn't follow the manual yeah you exactly. need to read that yeah go back and listen yeah, to that podcast, podcast yeah um so i would just um very gently he was okay with the pool noodle you know he was desensitized to it or whatever so i'd just hold it very gently against his foot click reward click reward okay. exactly the same process asking for it further and further away you have to be careful with the feet that you don't suddenly get this stompy kind of like kicky out over enthusiastic yeah, yeah, yeah exactly it has happened in the past that i've seen horses that um suddenly start like they see a cone and they just go kick it over you mm-hmm. know because they're like oh i can do this um so it was very we were really careful about the stimulus control for that one um and then yeah so it because the pole was there it's like they had to just it was just on the ground but it was just a bit more of a step so Mm -hmm. the foot didn't get put back in the same place it started okay yeah yeah, i got you um and then that eventually transposed to me not using the noodle at all and just looking at his foot and saying step looking at the other one say step Mm. and and that was it and mm. they just did it and and it was amazing really how they they pick it up and you can just make those really small adjustments yes um so yeah so that's a really really good way of and use it. i know we've taught step to rum and using a pole is really i mean we haven't taught in my mountain block because we haven't needed to do that obviously mm-hmm. but but with the with the poles we use the poles for him to just step one foot and then step back and then the other foot yes. step, and it it it's really interesting. I think without the po- the pole is kind of the measure, isn't it? Yeah. it? It's it's just that it just helps you. It's just an aid. And I think it helps makes set. it a lot it's, easier. It's all about you know setting the environment up for success. The environment is so important, mm. and if you're trying to elicit these behaviours and it's not working, think okay, how can I change the environment to encourage this behaviour to happen? And that's one of your strongest tools that yeah. you can have. Um, so yeah, so that works really well. Um, bridling. Yeah. Well, well, the reason, one of the reasons why the ear targeting has worked really well is because we are using it with the bridle. So we're introducing the bits and the bridle and we obviously need room to have his head lower because I'm small, um, which we have discussed on many podcasts. Um, so he will now, he, well, he's happy with the bits. He doesn't have the bit in for any length of time yet. We're building duration on that, but he, he, go, he, he likes to play with the bit. We talked about that in the yeah. tack episode. So now we've got him taking the bit and we have one ear. I can push one ear through 
gently through the bridle and now we're working on the other ear going through yes with his head down yes so this is because we've done the ear targeting as well it's helped to desensitize the ear slightly but Mm. what we did then discover is when you put your hand over to put the other ear in that is when his head would come up Mm. And then you quite rightly said about the bridal path that probably there's some kind of historical association with that, which makes him not feel so comfortable with it. So the bridal came off and then we worked on, you know, head down and just him getting used to having that hand over him at first. And Mm. then can we touch that ear? Can we move that Mm. ear a little bit forward? Are you okay? And once he was okay with that today... He was able, we got the whole bridle on. Yes, yeah. So going from that individual ear targeting, so standing by his head, targeting the right ear, standing by his head, the other side, targeting the left ear, then we're going to head down, targeting the left ear from the right side. So you're standing on the right side, but you're touching the left ear and pushing it slightly forward. Yeah. And that's what we've built to enable that ear to go in. Because obviously that's, again, a completely different movement. And he's a tall horse, you know. And and how often does he have people, like, going over his head, like his... Pole. Over his pole like that, your arm over. So that was, like, a new thing for him to to kind of be... To get used to and and realise that it wasn't something scary yeah so if you're using ear targeting for bridling definitely do it separately both ears and then start from one side leaning over to do the opposite ear because i think that is again something you'll need to do yes and then once you've kind of you feel that you know you've got that targeting down that body targeting down you then move to different areas like i said generalize it you might have to go back a few steps which is often you know um what you need to do because i think people um don't uh find it hard sometimes to understand if a horse has learned one thing in one area you go somewhere else, it looks completely different to them. It's like a completely different context. And sometimes what you're asking them then turns into something completely foreign. So it's really important to go, not expect that same behaviour when you go somewhere else. Expect to be back a few steps and mm. then just work through it. Mm. And and not expecting perfection. I think you could maybe, I don't know whether this is a good analogy, but okay. say, but say <laughs> Let's I, ta- I take my son to the swimming pool um, every week for lessons and he's, he gets to the point where he can swim 50 lengths and then I take him to the sea and I expect him to swim, not 50 lengths, but, but you know what I mean. I yeah. expect him to go get in there and swim. It's a completely different, yeah. isn't it? It's yeah. like, oh my, well, firstly, you've got the current and now we're in a separate place and yeah. there might be, you might have to walk through muddy water. You know, there's all sorts of there's all sorts of changes, isn't there? Yeah, exactly. And it's a bit harder. It kind of blows your brain a little bit. And he will be able to swim, but he won't be able to do his 50 lengths. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's yeah. that kind exactly. of thing. Is that Legs a good analogy? Yeah, I like that. I like okay. that. Okay. That's good. <laughs> Thinking on your feet. I like that. Um, so, yeah, so you... And then you can ask for it at distance, like you do So on the video, which we'll show you. So um, standing away and then going face or ear or hip or whatever, mm. and then coming up a lot back, then coming up and lining at you. Now that's on a horizontal plane, and then you need to start thinking Ooh. about different heights. Yes, which we're trying to introduce. Which we're going to start introducing. Mm. Yeah. So that is things like um, you know standing on objects and asking for the body target or the side of a fence because that becomes very important when you're out and you need to mount, for example. Well, we use the gate, so we've got um, 
bridal paths and fields and stuff that we ride through and there um sometimes you know you'll open the gate on your horse and you'll go to close it and it won't shut because i don't know the wooden post is it's dropped or something the gate's dropped or something so you've got to hop off put the gate close it properly and then mount on from the gate so actually it's really important for me that rum will line up next to a metal gate which clangs as well so you've got to desensitize the noise as well of you getting on but also I'm going to be quite a bit higher than I would be if I was on the mountain block yeah and being um quite yeah high above him Mm. which is um important and also you know when you're out bareback riding rum through the woods you know, exploring and stuff, Becky, and you like this, and then and then you decide to get off to pick a flower, and then you see this massive log, and you think, oh, just I'm just gonna get on that log yeah. and get back on him, and then ride off through the woods. You know, I That's think what I think this is for you. Okay. Well, I think I'm gonna train Rum to put his head between my legs, toss oh, me in the air, and I'll slide down his <laughs> yeah. neck. I've seen that. Actually. I, I used to do it with. Like I used good. to do it with my little pony when he was little because he used to butt me off all the time um, for grass. So we. Tra- I. I don't know how I trained him, but I used to basically sit on his head and he'd toss his head up and I'd slide down his neck. No, it's okay. not good. I was about eight, <laughs> but we used to go everywhere together, and I was always falling off him. Uh, <laughs> Bless him. Uh, um, yeah. So that's. No, I don't want to learn that. No, but. but I, I, but um but it but it could happen but no we we need to we need to use different yeah like a, we need to use logs we need to use gates we need to use fences all yeah. different places that we can line up and body target basically and it's a fun thing so when you go out um you've started going out on little adventures with rum to the woods yeah. and stuff it's a really cool kind of um thing to just make sure you've got that connection to uh, okay can you line up here can you do that it's just yeah, making bringing sure it that in. you're still really you know he has his time to forage and do what he wants but also he's always connected with you so yes. just kind of bringing yeah. back in that connection yeah and also it does it can focus them as well when you know we were on a walk the other week in the woods and there were some riders coming in and um i was i was actually quite nervous because i was like oh my goodness two horses i don't know what they're going to be like i don't know what rum's going to be like and he did his you know he was very much interested but he was just stood staring he wasn't there was no nothing else but as they left, because it, uh, typically it was in the middle of a green field as well. Mm. So you're like, great, this could, I could, you know, what's going to happen? Yeah. Um, but he did, he just stood and they were very good and they just walked and carried on walking. It would have been, I would have been very annoyed had they then cantered off. Yeah. But they could have done, but they didn't. They were very polite. And um, I could see he, he watched and I let him watch and we had a good look and I looked and he looked. And they kind of were going out of sight and then I just went, okay, and target. Because I thought, now I need you to clock back into me. Because they're leaving and we need to leave, but we're going the other way. And my heart was in my stomach and I was Mm -hmm. thinking, oh my goodness. You know, I know the gates are closed either side. So if I lose him, I know he can't go very far, but he'll join them. And I don't really want that to happen because I don't know what they're like and I don't know what he'll do and blah, blah, blah. But we, we, I allowed him to kind of stare them out for, you know, for want of a better um, phrase. But once he'd had a good old glare and sort of sussed them out, I was like, right, okay, we're going to check back in now yeah. and then we're going we're gonna to move on. So something like the targeting, the face targeting, I wasn't quick enough to do that because I was in the moment with him, but I could have done, or I could have done it another time when he was just mulling about, you know? Yeah, exactly. But, um, <laughs> it doesn't have to be a time when he's a bit... Um, 
you know, vigilant. Yeah. It could be a time where he's really relaxed. And I go, okay, let's give me, give me your hip, for Well, example. exactly. And also, so two things. One, if you are out and about and you just think, God, it's really lovely here. I really want to go investigate. You can pop off, run, let him investigate. And then you don't have to wait for a gate or anything. As long as you've got something that you can climb onto. Yeah. You don't have to. And there's always broken logs and stuff like well, it's that. There's always banks, isn't there? And but also, if mounds. you don't have a target on you, if you've created all those positive associations with the body targeting, you can use that in a slightly stressful situation. So, um, you know, if he gets slightly over or something's happened, then you ask him to t- target, that will just start to him to help him calm down a bit mm. as well. You mm. know, it's because it, it, it signifies, it's like the target, it signifies good safe relaxed things yes yeah know? positive so, associations yeah, exactly yeah. so that like, you kind of bring him back down yeah as well. yeah so, um that's really nice as well good well body targeting is great and when i start to ride rum i'm gonna have to take my my woggle and my target and my great big bag <laughs> yeah. i'll be there i'll follow behind you i'll hobble behind you with the bag. oh that'd be so funny <laughs> um so any any more on body targeting i'm not going to ask you your five top no, tips good. Um, <laughs> i think i've covered everything that oh no we haven't oh, she's no. oh yeah willies <laughs> We haven't done willies. And uh, willies are so important from a physio (laughs) point of view (laughs) and every other point of view. We all love a bit of willy. So, not everyone, obviously. Some people don't like a bit of willy. (laughs) So, it's okay. Some people. I don't need to go, but we're, you know, we're inclusive. Okay. So, the willies are. (laughs) My goodness. Important to some people, more important to some people than that. But horses' willies in particular, if you have a horse, it's important <laughs> to think about their willies. It is. And it is, it, it, <laughs> I know, it's a funny old thing, willy talk. Now, you should not overclean your horse's willy. That is a very important point, I'm going to say, because they have bacteria and cells and their own grim little makeup on there that makes them what they are, and that is important to do. However, there can be times when they get a build-up of smegma. Biscuit was... (gasps) Biscuit. Biscuit's willy was like a cheese grater that had done the nacho run for a restaurant. (laughs) Uh, so I had never seen anything like it. His willy was <coughs> was covered and, and yeah. it was solid. And so we used to have to get because he would hold it on and and we he, I remember the vet coming and we had to clean it because if you um if you leave it there is potential for it to grow into mm. um, tumors. Yes, and and infections and infections and yeah, so, you can get all sorts. But still, don't overclean it. Anyway, no. carry on. And <laughs> and so I remember this vet saying to me so he had to be sedated and Mm. then he was just holding on to it holding on to it like biscuit was and like the vet and he was a really small vet and like this is big clive style (laughs) you'd think that'd be easy then he'd just better stand up no and then and then so then he decided in and i was a little bit unsure about this is um that i had to hold his leg up to help with this i don't know what the theory no, was on this I'm but i ended up having to hold a that. leg up which i really didn't want to do but the vet you know was like and he was sedated and he was sedated <laughs> and 
dancing little me was like holding up his front leg and Biscuit was just like leaning on yeah, to me. And I was yeah. trying to say to this vet, look, I just don't, I can't hold him up. Like, I'm really not and sure And did it about come this. out? Yeah, it managed to work, but I don't recommend it. No, no, I don't recommend that. That was either. back in the day when, you know, I hadn't really done much of the training. So he hadn't been prepared no, for that. No, I don't think it's a good idea. You've had done a little bit with I run, have done you? a bit with run. Well, you see, I have seen, I went to see a horse... It was last year, but in the wintertime. So older horses, particularly horses that are in a lot and are older, they can get quite Sorry, they can go. get quite impacted, basically. Mm. And this horse, I got called up to do a routine back check because they thought the back was sore. When I got there, this horse was walking like it had had a really soggy, full nappy on, and its sheath was really swollen and it was red hot and impacted with grime and smegma and and it was vile and I said to the owner I can't obviously there was an infection there there's inflammation and and because it's, it's red hot and it's swollen so I can't touch your horse you need to call the vet but he hadn't even noticed bless him and I said I think you'll find once we get the infection down and we can give it a really good clean your horse will walk fine and there's nothing wrong with his back, which actually was the case. Yeah. So there, therein lies one of the things. You have got to be really careful. Also, they have, just above the urethra, they've got a little slit and a lot of the gunk gets in there and they can get beans, they call them, mm. smegma beans. Yeah. Now, um, if I'm doing a check Popping on a horse, the bean. pop, the bean. pop the bean. Pop the bean. People actually do that as a job. You can go and pay people. I do it because I do it as part of my physio check if they're allowing me to touch their willies because some won't. But some are very good and they let me check their willies. But if the willies down and I'm there, I'll pop a bean. And I have seen beans the size of golf balls oh and they God. have been as solid as golf balls. So little Shetland, again, different different story, little Shetland. Didn't have a swollen sheath, but apparently problem with its hip. So I go out, there's no problem with its hip, just got a bean the size of a golf ball stuck in his willy. Aww. So that was a built up over a long time um, and out it came. Out, literally, he walked off fine. It was like a miracle. Oh, and the owner was like, that's a miracle. So no, no, it's not actually. It's just a bean. Yeah. <laughs> but, and it would have taken a long time to build up. Yeah. But he was quite happy with me popping the bean. And I think he felt actually really relieved. But there are some horses that you can't. You cannot. They were like Biscuit. They will not let you. There's no way in hell's name they it. are going to hold on to it. Yeah. So this is where the body targeting becomes really important and really useful. So with Rum... Because he, he came as a stallion as well, so Willie was out all the time. And Willie still comes out quite a lot when we train. And I know that that's a thing and people, some people are like, oh, a bit over threshold and always oh, a bit excited and be careful, a bit frustrated and all of this stuff. And I think, okay, sometimes yes and sometimes no. However, when it's out and about and you've got your bag and you, you just do some Willie targeting, literally touch that Willie very gently, click reward. Back again, click the ward. Did you say Willie? I, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't, actually. I just, at the moment, I'm just capturing. Yeah. Um, but I don't, but I should, yeah. yeah. I think I'll use Willie, not any I of do. the others. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the others. Willie's nicer, yeah. isn't it? The others are a bit vulgar. And I don't want to say them. But, um, yeah, so that way, so now I can, I can remove a bean. We ought to try and do a video of it. I can yeah. remove a bean from rum, just... 
through the targeting and obviously removing the bean you you are you are taking the little hole above the urethra back and taking out gunk so it is quite they do kind of go oh what you're doing you know but if you've built up and then you go back to just touch the willy and then yeah, click and reward yeah, yeah. They, yeah it's a bit like that whole worming thing you know most of the time i get apple juice but every now and then i'll get a wormer you know yeah. most of the time you just get a touch on the willy and then sometimes you'll get a bean release that kind of thing yeah, yeah. and i know it sounds funny and silly but actually it is really important and it can be well i've two cases that i got called out to check backs and hips and actually nothing wrong with the horse it was a just an impacted Bean. Willy or bean. Um. So we should, if anyone, we should do a video on that. We should, we should. I have to say, Jim, I can't get near his willy. So a couple of weeks ago, when the dentist was here, I did, and I got a massive bean out. Oh, really? Yeah, I did. Is I it did. quite satisfying? It's amazing, but they stink. So don't smell your fingers afterwards. That's my top tip. Was, oh, Do not. Well, biscuits. I remember biscuits. And it was like nacho cheese heaven, yeah, wasn't it? Was, it? Oh. But do not, do not smell your fingers, even if you're tempted. That is my top tip. <laughs> do not smell your fingers after cleaning willies. And don't overclean them. Just be aware of it. Yeah. You know, once a year for some horses, patches willies really clean. And I don't know why. He's just got a clean willy. Oh, I tell you, I, I treat... <laughs> I've made got a scent, now. But I've got Alaska, this beautiful, beautiful grey horse I treat. He has got the cleanest willy in the world. Absolutely spotless, this willy. But <laughs> they have a pet goat. What does it clean? And the goat cleans the willy and he will drop the willy for the goat. Oh my god. I know. That's now I'm really not let's not go cool. there. It, it's a bit odd, but he has got the cleanest willy and he's never had any willy problems. So I'm, but I still, I'm not saying Training to over, to, no, <laughs> and I'm certainly not saying over clean your willy. Yeah. You know, once every six months or once every year, absolutely fine. And I, I know I've got lovely clients down in Exmoor and um, they, they've got the Exmoor Riding Centre. So there's 15 of them I treat. And I remember doing a bean release on one of their horses. And Kathy, the owner, who's lovely, said, um, why? Because we don't do that in the wild. And I said, well, we're feral horses. They've got their balls. So they're servicing mares. Mm, yeah. So they don't so get that, that. build-up. They don't get that build-up of smegma or nacho cheese. It doesn't happen yeah. because they're using it. They're using the willy for what it's been intended to do. Yeah. So it gets cleaned because it, it gets serviced. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a really interesting point mm. that I've never And also, if you look much. at a stallion's willy... Sorry. <laughs> they, I have, this is clearly one of my favourite subjects. Um... <laughs> They've got a flute at the end, so it's very different. So when Rum came, this great big willy come out, and it had like a trumpet. It's a bit like Alien, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a trumpet thing on the end of it. And I'm like, well, none of my others have got it, and none of my other horses have got that flute. Yeah. And that is when they enter the mare, then the flute comes and they're they're locked kind of thing, you see? So you can imagine all that gunk gets sort of all washed out with all the juices that's going on, but it can't... Stop it! It can't happen in the, in the in the day to day life of a gelding. It doesn't happen, yes. and they lose that flute. So anyway, there we go. It's really important to body target. <laughs> if you would like to see a video of Becky popping a bean, yeah, um, and maybe of doing the willy targeting, yeah, because um, it sure is how important. That works on on social media. Do whether we? Ah, people do can like watch a, or not. 
You have to put a caution. Content warning. Yeah, but it is actually medical. Yeah, it yeah, is actually exactly. medical. It's we'll not. It's the same as eye targeting. It's just a little bit more funny. <laughs> so on that note, I don't know how long we've talked for. Quite a while. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I think so, a lot of it was about Willie's. <laughs> <laughs> so, shall we finish? Yeah. Cool. Maybe we should put a disclaimer for people not to listen to this on like loudspeaker and stuff if they're. You if their children are in the car. Pe- yeah, or around other people. Should have said that at the beginning, shouldn't we? But I didn't realise we were going to focus so much on Williams. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to make contact with either Kate or myself, you can contact us via Facebook. We are Little Green Stables or Ecological Positive Partnerships. Or you can check me out, Becky, on my website, www.littlegreenstables.com. We'd really like to make our podcast interactive. So if you have any questions or anything you'd like us to discuss, then that would be great. So send us a message either via our website or via our Facebook, Instagram and YouTube channels. Thanks. Bye bye.